I think we can all agree that mom life comes with its share of chaos. In today's episode, we are talking with Veronica Harris. She is a registered clinical counselor, and her specialty is maternal mental health. Today, we talk about how you can actually find calm amidst that chaos, and she shares with us just how you can do so. It's a great episode. I look forward to you hearing it, so let's dig in. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Veronica, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so happy to be talking to you and I can't wait to dig in. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. So to get started, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, let them know a little bit about you, uh, who you're a mom to, and the work that you do. Okay. Um, I am a mom. Uh, I've got (laughs) two young kids at home, Um, my son who's four and a half and my daughter who's seven. Um, in my work, I'm a registered clinical counselor. I work in private practice. Um, and I also do work in the community. Um, so I guess my work is two parts. I, I have a private practice working with uh, general population. And then the other part of my work is promoting maternal mental health in the community. So that means I hold a monthly group at our local midwives clinic to focus on emotional well-being for mothers in all parts of their journey. Um, I visit local uh, public health um, groups uh, to talk about different things about motherhood and how to support that transition for first-time moms, um, how to raise awareness around maternal mental health, uh, and how to support ourselves through all of it. So, yeah. That. That is amazing. That is such important work. I mean, I think we hear a lot about mental health these days, and we especially hear a lot about postpartum because I think it's becoming more frequent for people to talk about it and reach out. Unfortunately, not always, but you know, it is becoming more, more common, but do you find that there's also a need for that maternal mental health work beyond postpartum? Um, oh, definitely. And you know, I see my work, um, you know, as a preventative measure, um, mm. you know, bringing women and mothers together to talk about the challenges and the difficulties and the greatness of being a mother um, in all, all aspects so that we already have that support and that network there. Um, when we feel supported as a mother, um, that in itself is a preventative factor in reducing mental health issues kind of down the road. So that's one part of it. Um, And then, yeah, just raising that awareness, talking about, you know, those difficulties and those struggles. And um, when things do pop up as a mom where you're thinking, you know, what you think are crazy thoughts or when you, you know, you're feeling anxious, you can't sleep, you're not enjoying being a mother, you're kind of just, you know, in that kind of bleh 
type mood, um, all of those things to look out for. Um, it's also talking about those things too, and making it okay to talk about those things. Well, that's just it. I mean, I find so often people don't realize that there are others going through it too, and they feel like they're the only one. So there must be something wrong. But when you talk about it, you recognize, right, that I'm not the only one. There are so many people going through the same thing and it's okay. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Such important work. Thank you for doing what you do. That is just incredible. Oh, thank you. How long have you been doing it? Um, my journey with, uh, working kind of in the counseling field started out, um, quite young volunteering, uh, doing more group work with kids. And, uh, we have a local program, uh, called rainbows. And that's kind of where I started working, doing group support for kids experiencing grief and loss. Um, Mm. and then that was always just kind of on the volunteer side of things, And then when, you know, career stuff started shifting, I was like, okay, I got to, you know, figure out what I'm doing here and whatever I was doing in the past wasn't, you know, what I needed to be doing. So um, I had kids, I stayed at home, I chose to stay at home with them. And during that time, uh, I decided to go back to school and do a master's program in um, counseling. So uh, those kind of two experiences coupled together, you know, being right in the middle of motherhood, I had a two and a half year old or a three year old and a one year old at home (laughs) and starting this journey into, you know, becoming a counselor and realizing my own struggles in that. um, And also, you know, learning all these, you know, frameworks around counseling. um, That's kind of when it just clicked with me. And I was like, we need to support moms. We need to, you know, start talking about this stuff more. And um, so myself looking into the community, you know, what's out there and, and then also realizing how vital the health of our mothers is to the health of our communities. Oh, let's talk a little bit more about that. Okay. That's just so fantastic. I totally agree. So can you expand a little bit on that? Um, I, I guess it started again with my own experiences being in the middle of a master's program with two young kids at home. I was a stay at home mom. I got completely overwhelmed. I, mm. I, I got to the point of burnout, like full out, out burnout. So oh, no. that was my realization and seeing how it impacted my family. And it wasn't, you know, coming from a place of guilt or shame, feeling like, oh, you know, why can't I do this? It was more just like, oh, I don't have to do this all. And it's okay to struggle. So being okay with that and reaching out for help um, was kind of the two pieces to that. And then once I realized how much my stress was impacting the rest of the family um, and realizing that, you know, we're all in this together um, and that we need to be able to support women more and that we aren't you know, we're not, we're not hardwired even to do this on our own, right? We're meant to raise children in a a supportive community. And we need to, I think, emphasize that a bit more for women now that, you know, especially, you know, those new early years of having kids when you feel so vulnerable and raw, and then even transitioning into, you know, when your kids are in school and life gets busy, that still having that sense of community so that, um, 
really it's just letting moms and women know that you're not alone in this and how to support them through it. Absolutely. I actually find now that our kids are in school, it's harder to find that sense of community, especially as a working mom, when I'm very rarely the one to do drop off or pick up. I don't get to hang out at the front of the school with some of the moms and, and form that sense of community. So I have to be super, super intentional about it if I want to sort of rebuild that village, if you know what I mean. Definitely. Yeah. And reconnecting maybe even with friends, you know, you get too busy, but you kind of, you know, were connected more when your kids were younger and just, you know, say, Hey, how are you doing? Or just even if it isn't necessarily in the school community, it's with, you know, friends that you might've had in the past that, you know, you, you kind of grow apart because your lives get so busy. Um, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now you said when you were a mom in school, you knew you needed to reach out for help. Did that, that sense sort of come intuitively to you or, or was it, was, or was it natural to you? Cause I know that's one thing where so many moms don't feel they can reach out for help and they need to kind of be given that permission. Was that just something that you knew naturally you needed to do? Um, I, I guess it came twofold. Uh, one part was that my sister had moved closer and she doesn't have kids. So I was able to have that support. She was able to have the kids over more often because my husband was working out a, working a nine to five type job. So, um, that was part of it knowing that, okay, yeah, these people are here for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I guess it was, you know, it was a bit of, yeah, it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay if this is hard, even though, you know, I chose to do this. And in the middle of it, I'm thinking, well, what, what am I thinking? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> God, what have I got myself into sort of thing, right? So um, that it's okay to still um, have difficulty with that choice, you know, well, I put this on myself sort of thing. So I got to keep going with it. And to how to just step back from that stance a little bit and uh, not be so hard on myself either, I guess, in that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, man. Okay. So one of the things I really wanted to chat with you about, and this is, this is going to be, cause we're recording this in advance of mom camp, the camp, but this is going to be part of your session that you're leading at the camp. And I'm so excited for that, uh, is finding calm amidst the chaos. And <laughs> just, I know, you know, this, but for the listeners, as I was logging on for this recording, I mean, you heard some of the chaos in my house. I've been asking my children to please be quiet while mommy's recording. And, you know, like I, I feel like I'm living the chaos right now. So this is particularly topical for me, but you, you work with moms to, to help them find the calm amidst the chaos. So can you tell us a little bit about that work, what that really means and sort of how some tips for our listeners for how they could do that themselves? Okay. Um, I guess the first part is putting our chaos into kind of context. Um, Mm. So, you know, we got to say, what is our chaos, right? Um, So many times we get just stuck in this kind of go mode, autopilot, just, you know, getting that list done or running around from event to event or getting out the door. And we don't actually stop to think about why are we doing all these things? So that would be, you know, putting our our chaos into context. So um, one great way to explore that is, the expectations that we put on ourselves, um, And it's more coming from a place of curiosity and kind of 
compassion, right? We want to, okay, you know, I'm in this mess, you know, how did I get here? Why am I here? Um, and to create that space for understanding. So, okay, I got to go to work because we got to pay the bills or this is, you know, a field that I love to be in and I love my job or maybe I don't love it all the time, but I got to do it. So, um, or also, you know, my kids love these sports and these activities and I want to be there and support them through this, even though our schedule is crazy hectic, but I know that this is something that they love to do. But on the other hand of that, you know, looking at something and okay, my kid is miserable every time I take them to this, or they, they keep complaining about having to do this certain activity and, you know, giving that space to explore these things and saying, okay, maybe we don't need to do that anymore because it seems like, you know, your son or daughter's like, nah, I don't really care to do this anymore. Mom, like, why do we keep pushing this? Right. And right. sometimes it's our own expectations that we're putting even on our kids or on our family um, that, you know, this is what we're supposed to do, or this is what we should be doing. Um, so yeah, that's one piece of it. I think just kind of taking that step back and looking at what is this chaos <laughs> and why am I in right. it? <laughs> right. right, exactly. Sort of becoming objective and looking at it with a bird's eye view as opposed yeah. to being in the thick of it, right? Yeah. And then also, you know, if it is, that's the chaos is coming to a place of kind of that acceptance, that leaning in that, yeah, my life's going to be crazy right now. Right. And, you know, especially people that, um, you know, certain types of us just like to have that control. We like to have, you know, this is what day to day, this is what it's going to look like. And um, which is great, but sometimes things don't go the way we plan them to, or, you know, something else comes up and it's like, we need to leave some space for some tolerance in there or some flexibility. So that's where, you know, leaning into the chaos is, is great because, okay, this is it. I'm in it. But what do you do to take care of yourself in the middle of all of it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, putting it into context is, is great because then you have an understanding, okay, this is why I'm doing it. You know, I'm not, it, then it reduces some resentments. It reduces right. some like inner kind of tension, like, oh, I'm just, you know, I really don't want to have to go and do this. I'm so tired of, you know, driving the kids around, whatever that resentment is. Um, and right. it, it's, a, it's a reminder that it's a choice and that yeah. it's, it's sort of the difference between something's happening to you and something's happening for you, right? You've yeah. chosen these, these things and the chaos. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, choice is also a big part of, of, you know, our day-to-day life. Sometimes we feel like we don't have that choice or we Mm. feel like that choice is taken away from us because, you know, we might disappoint somebody or, um, you know, oh, I've said I've done this. And, And again, it's these expectations we're putting on ourselves and how to be a little bit more flexible in those expectations that, you know, I'm really struggling today. I'm just going to have to back off this a little bit and how you're okay with that. Right. So, um, yeah, that's where the, the other part of it is then it's how to take care of yourself and how to take care of yourself in all of this, um, means checking in. How am I doing? Mm. So we get caught up in, in a lot of just so much of this busyness and then, you know, these expectations that we put on ourselves, and we don't necessarily take that time to, to, you know, say, Hey, how are you doing today? 
Um, yeah. And even in just doing these, this kind of simple type of check-in, you know, and giving our, that, that is the kind of the space, right? That mental space to say, how am I feeling? How's my body doing? You know, am I like completely exhausted and I'm running on fumes? Um, and that part of it can inform what it is that we need to take care of ourselves in the middle of all of this. Right. Uh, it could be, you know, okay, I gotta, I gotta get to bed a little earlier. And these are like all just the basics of, um, kind of the self care piece of things, right? Um, how much sleep are you getting? What does your diet and eating habits look like? Are you moving enough? Whatever that looks like for yourself. Um, and then, and then there's the emotional part of it. So to stop and ask yourself, how am I doing? How am I feeling? And who is it that you can talk to about that? Who is it in your life that you turn to and say, wow, that was a crazy day. You know, I can't believe I got through that. Or, you know, I'm really freaking out about this next week because it's going to be really busy and I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Um, and to have that supportive person, not necessarily to be there to fix it or say, you know, okay, you know, you can get through this, but to just be like, yeah, it is going to be crazy. And they kind of just like, you know, they hear you, they understand you. And even in doing that, when we feel heard and understood, it just, it can calm our nervous systems, you know, especially if it's our partner at home or someone that we feel we have more of an intimate relationship with. Um, when we feel supported in that way, it can do amazing things for ourselves and for emotional well-being. That's awesome. It's so true. I, it's that piece about being heard, right? It's sometimes just being able to say something to somebody that I hear you, you know, and I can appreciate how hard that must feel. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to fix it. I know my, God bless my husband. He is amazing, but yeah. he does want to try and fix things and he always has a suggestion and a solution. And yeah. you know, they're, they're typically not the ones that are going to work for me. So yeah. You know, it's just having that, that conversation and saying, I, I just need to share this with you and, and have you sort of just support me in this. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the part of that is, is that when we see someone, you know, struggling or hurt, um, we want to just, you know, jump in there and fix it for them because it makes it uncomfortable for us. Right. Right. You have to join somebody in that emotional experience. It's, it can be uncomfortable. And if you're not used to being, you know, that vulnerable and we've done, you know, certain things to protect ourselves from going there to be able to join someone in, in that kind of that struggle, uh, it brings up a lot of our own vulnerabilities and insecurities too. That's uh, so true. That's yeah. so true. And it's, yeah, you want to just fix it. So the conversation can be done. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Too messy. And this is too uncomfortable. I don't want to go there. Exactly. I love you and I want to support you, yeah. but I can't do this. <laughs> uh, for sure. But when so in I'm sorry, go on. Oh, when we can take away that expectation that, okay, I'm going to jump in and fix this for you, or I know exactly what to do to make this better. If we put that expectation on ourselves, then we're already kind of setting ourselves up for, you know, okay, this person's in distress and I need to make it better for them. Or, or we're telling ourselves like you're, or telling that person, like, you're not allowed to experience this difficult, mm. right? No, don't go there. It's, you know, we can fix it and make you happy sort of thing. 
And even with our kids, right? Like when our kids are struggling, they're upset and we want to just like, oh, I'll just here, I'll put this bandaid on it and fix it for you because I, it's so hard to see them in pain or distress emotionally. Um, But we're not allowing them to fully experience those uncomfortable feelings and it teaches them to run away from them instead of kind of leaning into it, right? It's so true. Yeah. It's funny with, with our son, um, he gets really big feelings and it's tied to his anxiety and, um, probably tied to his ASD and ADHD. It's all a wicked rolled up package. And, um, so he gets these big feelings, but he holds them in and he totally, he controls them so strongly, but it comes out in his behavior in other ways. And so we call it poking the bear because we want him to let out the feelings. So we, we, I sort of, you know, pick away and we go have a quiet conversation and I try and identify what are the things that are upsetting you. And he'll fully tell me if it's, if I'm guessing wrong, but then the second I guess, right, it all comes out. Wow. And we always talk about afterwards, isn't it better to let these feelings out and it is okay to have big feelings and wow. you are safe. And, you know, be, so we've, we've had to learn that with him though, because my instinct originally would have been, it's okay. You're fine. Let's, you know, wrap this up in a little bow. Yeah. But we, we really try and give him that space to have those big feelings and tell him it's okay. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think that as moms, like I find lately, I haven't given myself that space to have those big feelings, right? Like I've just sucked it up and, you know, so it's a good lesson for us as moms as well. Like follow, follow that and, and let the big feelings out when you need to, right? Have the cry in your car or do whatever you need to do. And, you know, sometimes even having the cry in front of the kids and uncomfortable as that might sound for some people that it, we're modeling these behaviors for our kids. This is what the emotion looks like. This is what I do when I experience this emotion. And this is how I take care of myself in it. You're absolutely right. That's a very good point. It shouldn't just be in the car or, you know, late at night in the, in the bed. It should, <laughs> and it, yeah, you know, it can be there too. And that's okay. Yeah. That's our safe. Yeah, but it, and, but sometimes, totally. yeah, let our kids in a little bit, right? This is why mom's so stressed out or, you know, this is why I'm feeling this way. Right. It's like one thing I've been saying is, you know, mommy needs a timeout and it's timeouts aren't punishment all the time. Sometimes punishment, you know, sometimes there are some, you know, uh, consequences for behavior and a timeout is necessary. But I will say to them, I need a timeout because and we'll say to our son, if he happens to be on timeout, that um, we need you just to go down to the end of the hallway in, in the spot that we've identified and and just do some deep breathing and just calm down and figure out what just happened. Right. Um, And that's so I say I need a timeout because I'll need to do the same thing. Right. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's almost recovery as opposed to consequence or punishment. Right. Yeah, for sure. And it gives sometimes it's allowing us that space to, you know, self-regulate. Right. If you've got an intense emotional experience and it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I can hold this together or just even sometimes it just will catch you off guard, right? You're in the middle of trying to make dinner or get things together at the end of the night and you're exhausted. And our emotional tolerance when we're exhausted is a lot smaller than when we have a lot of rest, right? Oh, yeah. So how to just, okay, 
and it's create it's creating that space and that awareness like I am feeling overwhelmed right now and I can feel you know that tightness in my body and I can you know we create that space to recognize before we get to the you know blow up phase and okay I got to walk away from this take a breather um, mm-hmm. all of those things to learn again how to take care of ourselves in those moments it's so true. Now you, as you said, you're a mom of two, you've got young kids and yeah. you are building this practice. Yes. What are some of the things that you do to ensure now I think balance is a little, little bit elusive and I don't know if there's ever <laughs> any true, true balance, yes. but how do you sort of achieve that, that, um, I don't know what the word would be, uh, stasis or, you know, right. like, yeah. a, you know, let's, yeah. let's use balance for lack sure. of a better word. Everybody's balance might look a little different, right? Totally. We can kind of break our lives up into, you know, these little pieces of, you know, work and family and play and all of those things. And it might look a little different for everybody and that's okay. And that's where, again, like that looking into, you know, you're putting your chaos into context. Like, you know, I am spending a lot of time at work and I'm spending more time um, building this business because this is what I'm in right now. Um, So, I mean, that having that understanding will might help you in informing what your balance looks like at this moment and you know reminding yourself it's not going to be like this right now but you know it might look a little different later on and right depending what stage you're at with your kids um you know what's going on in your family all of those things um so for myself um expectations i had to really check myself when i first started uh, building my practice, I kind of had set out on my own. Um, and then just happened to come across a job working in private practice as an associate with other, uh, practitioners. So that was great because it lent me the flexibility to make my own schedule, which I know for some people isn't an option. Right. Yeah. So that part of it, um, I, you know, checking my expectation, how much can I work right now? And um, how much do I need to work are, you know, questions that I had to ask myself. And I, I've always made room in our family with my husband. We've always made room for play. We've always made room for doing things we enjoy, um, living where we live. We like to get out camping. We like to spend time outside. Um, So that has always just kind of remained in our life, even through, you know, when I was going to school and I knew that I had to get these assignments done because we were going camping that weekend and it was stressful. I was like not sleeping (laughs) because I'm trying to get assignments done before we head out for the weekend. But I was able to get it done and then I had that time, you know, three days off or whatever to just completely unwind and go sit on the beach somewhere. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sometimes it sounds it, heavenly. What's that? It sounds heavenly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for everybody, it looks a little different. And that's where, again, stepping back and looking at our life kind of, how much time am I spending working? How much time am I spending with the family? And, you know, if you don't have the time to really, you know, do the things you enjoy at this time, that when you do purposely, intentionally make that time, 
to be present during that time. Mm-hmm. To allow yourself to put the to-do list, to put all the stress and worries from work kind of in their little box, whatever, or huge shipping container, however big that <laughs> at that time, put it on the shelf and be like, I will check on you later. Right now, I'm enjoying this time with my family. Yeah. Put the phone away. Definitely. Just don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. And that might just be, you know, sitting on the couch with the kids for 20 minutes before bedtime and even whatever, sharing and watching a movie together. It might just be hanging out and, you know, just having fun playing a game. Um, if your kids are working on a little craft project or something, you know, to spend that time with them doing it or just even hanging out at the kitchen table with them. Yeah. Um, and also allowing ourselves to do those things, giving ourselves permission, right? Um, and making even like a lot of times that mom guilt comes up, you know, I'm going to go to my yoga class or I want to go spend time with my girlfriends or I'm really interested in this new hobby that I want to do, but I don't know how to make time for it. And that's where we need to give ourselves the permission. Absolutely. Yeah. What is your favorite way to rejuvenate or practice self-care? Practicing self-care. Oh, I'm always having some sort of physical activity Um, over the years when I haven't had the time to have that in my schedule it I've noticed it really impacts my overall overall well-being um so whatever that looks like it might have just you know when the kids were younger it was just going for a walk with the kids in the stroller it wasn't you know I wasn't going out for a trail run I wasn't going to the gym um I didn't have the time to go to a yoga class so just to be flexible in that okay I need to have some sort of exercise how can I make that happen right now Or, you know, asking, saying to your husband or partner and be like, okay, when you get home tonight, I got to go to this yoga class because I really just need this to take care of myself. Um, That's very good advice. Yeah. (laughs) And it can be hard. It it can be really hard to, you know, it's it's putting that value in, in those things and realizing, yeah, I do need this. And it's okay to ask for those things. Totally. And I mean, when it comes to fitness and working out, moving your body, I mean, there's actually a meme. I think I saw it on Facebook where it says, wow, I really regret that workout said no one ever, right? (laughs) You you always feel better when it's done. And I think the, the, um, giving yourself permission and the asking for the space, I think goes to, even if your self-care is, um, going for tea with girlfriends or having a bath or getting a massage, or if it's just taking that 30 minutes for yourself to go change the color of your nail polish, right? (laughs) It's it's giving yourself that permission and asking for the time, right? Yeah, definitely. And also another part of the self-care piece, um, was, uh, building that kind of relationship with people in your life, whether, you know, a lot of times, it, and hopefully it could be with your husband or partner at home um, to talk about the hard things. And um, because sometimes we, you know, okay, I've made this choice to do this job and today was a terrible day and how to like kind of come together with that stuff. Or even if it is something to say about your kids and 
Um, you know, you don't necessarily, this isn't working. There's something going on with the kids. They're acting this way and you know, how to, you're getting frustrated. You're both kind of like as parents butting heads with ideas, you know, our daughter's acting this way and, you know, we need to be more strict with her. We need to do this and how to come together in those more like kind of difficult issues and, Mm -hmm. um, talk about them. And it might not be even like, okay, we're going to solve this. But how to kind of open up and be more vulnerable saying, you know, it's been really hard seeing our daughter act this way. And I don't know what's going on. And I'm feeling like kind of lost in all of this. I thought that we were doing a good job. And now, you know, I'm totally clueless in how to deal with this. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So that's also a part of it, too. Again, that's that's more of taking care of the mental, emotional capacity for things in the self-care piece of of the puzzle so well and I'd say that's the most important part of self-care I mean so often people talk about lighting the candles and having a bubble bath and <laughs> that being self-care but that doesn't fix the issue if you're ignoring the yeah. other piece and the emotional and mental well, uh, well-being right so yeah. yeah for sure well so what can uh we tell people about how to find you if they were interested in learning more about what you do reading something you've written where can they find you where can you find me well you can find me i have a private practice in uh, nanaimo on vancouver island i practice individual uh, counseling couples counseling i work with kids um and i also hold the um motherhood wellness circle at the old city midwives clinic here in Nanaimo. And that's every third Monday. Uh, it's a drop-in, uh, group. It's free to attend. You don't need to register, come as you are sort of thing, just to, you know, hold that space for yourself and other women and to connect. Um, I have a website, Veronica Harris counseling.com. I have some content I've put on there. You can book appointments through there and find me on Facebook as well. Veronica Harris counseling. Awesome. That's perfect. Is there anything else you wanted to cover or leave our listeners with today? Ooh, what to leave you with? Um, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, you know, I I guess the you know, the two words I can give to you right now are curiosity and compassion. Oh, love it. So giving yourself that, you know, giving yourself that space. Be curious and compassionate. You know, why am I feeling this way, and what's going on in my life right now? And more out of a place of curiosity. So that we can create that space to understand, uh, we can create that space, you know, just to be okay with whatever is going on, and then to learn how to take care of ourselves in that, or how to look for support, where our support is, how to ask for support, and give ourselves permission to do so. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. Curiosity and compassion. Thank you for that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for this uh, chat around the campfire. Uh, I am so happy to have talked to you and I can't wait to have you at mom camp, the camp. I am so excited for that. Um, So we will be talking very soon. And uh, I just know that people are going to love this episode and, and think or take away so much from it. So thank you so much. Oh, great. Thank you for having me. I've loved having the chat and I'm looking forward to mom camp. Awesome. Okay. Thanks.
All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.